and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that's right, it's Causeway Kings on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network, and we're joined by Merrill Marshall and B-Con on the fun phone, and we're just going to jump right on in. Clance is on Dipsalush's unpaid vacation from us, but the real job he actually has pays for him to actually have time off with his family, so he'll be back later on. Same for Chiggs. Chiggs hasn't left the ice in about 27 days, and Man, that's dedication is all I know. You should join the Olympic uh, uh, marathon portion of that thing. Anyway, we think of everybody. BJ as well, giving a big shout-out, as always. Brian Johnston, always out there listening. Uh, Beacon, let's jump right on in, buddy. It's been a wild world. We've got a lot to cover. And uh, what do you want to do first? You want to go with the coach? You want to go with the recent uh, acquisitions? Where do you even want to start, and how are you, buddy? I'm wonderful, Ben, as always. I want to start with the coach because the Bruins, as we all know, brought in Jim Montgomery. Uh, We heard from underground sources that that was a name that might be uh, on the wire at the last second. And wouldn't you know it, within a couple hours of hearing that rumor, he was the next Bruins head coach. I'm I'm kind of thrilled that they are going with an out-of-the-box idea here instead of sticking with the local guy that they know. Um, I felt like that's where they were going originally. seemed like reading the tea leaves that they're going to go with David Quinn or a Jay Leach of sorts. And I know, uh, God, we know Clance didn't want that, but he got his wish. We got an out-of-the-box guy, a guy from St- the St. Louis Blues in Montgomery. Now, we know he's had some uh, – he's had his mental health problems in the past, and we wish him well. Uh, Bruins took a chance here, and I'm hopeful that it pays off. If it does, they will look – great here and in all honesty they would probably be one of the better defensive teams in the nhl if it all pans out because that's what his strength is he's very good with developing these uh, penalty kill units um and that's what this team kind of needed uh now i'm curious to see how it develops i'm glad that they gave this guy a second chance and here we go let's get it all in for another ride here True that, true that. Merrill Marshall also with us here buddy and uh, there's a lot to cover here but my goodness what a time it's been yeah, I mean, um, looking at Jim Montgomery, I like the hire. I th- feel like it was the best situation or the best coach they could have uh, hired given the circumstances. Um, really had the uh, Dallas Stars on an upward trajectory um, before his uh, unfortunate and untimely dismissal. But um, you know, he, he had a he had an issue that he um, that came to the surface and he got it dealt with. And I'm sure we have people who we know and we care about who are. Um, you know, going through those struggles. And I'm glad uh, it seems like he's come out the other side. And, you know, what you want for those people in your life is the best version of themselves. And I think, um, you know, that's what we're hoping for, for the Bruins. And I feel like that's what they're betting on. And that's what he's banking on. So um, really, a really good hire. Um, And like I said, the best they, they could have done given the circumstances. So uh, let's uh, let's see um, let's see how it goes. Now they're moving forward. Talking about the attitude of the room now, Jake DeBrusque even rescinded his trade request. That's pretty crazy and pretty telling of the trade situation. What are your thoughts on the coach taking that out and now that clearance? Uh, well, it's definitely interesting. Um, I kind of see it as a, definitely a unique situation from the outside. You say to yourself, um, hmm, "Are these uh, two correlated here?" It would seem like it because. For the bulk of last season, it just felt like DeBrusque wasn't happy at all in his current situation. He was stressed out. He wanted it out of Boston. And then all of a sudden, this 180 here, just a few weeks after Cassidy's departure, I find it curious. But what I did notice during the course of the year at some of these press conferences was that after a certain point, specifically after um, the request, uh, the trade request itself, Cassidy started taking time out of his day to basically – uh, praise the work DeBrusque was putting in to praise how hard he was working in practice and uh, just all the effort he was putting in. It seemed like he was going out of his way to do it consistently. I am concerned that they might be tied. Now, is that confirmed? I can't say that for real, but we'll see. Seems that way. I mean, I find it, uh, you know, he, he did, Cassidy did put him on the first line. So it's not like, uh, it's not like he completely buried the kid. Um so, I mean, I find it curious that the that the this news came at, you know, uh, July 4th. It seemed like a classic news dump, uh, if you will. But, you know, it, it looks like that Jake DeBrusque is going to get his fresh start. Um, I still think he could be dealt. Just for the mere fact that he's one of the few players with value who has 
uh, does not have, I should say, a no movement clause. So you look at it in that perspective. I think that he, he definitely is a candidate to be on the move. You know, it's either him or Carlo, in my opinion. So um, and I don't think they're going to move Carlo either for a myriad of reasons. He's in the leadership group. He had an off year. Um, he's got a long, a lot of term left on his deal, even though he uh, does not have a no movement clause. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, just because he wants to stay now doesn't mean it's going to uh, it's going to be so. They're going to have to clear cap space one way or another. Well, that's pretty much a crazy way to be. Becon, uh, it, it's one of those situations. But now there's a possibility that we've even seen the rumor mill talking about Krejci making a possible comeback. No, nothing confirmed certainly, but it's seen on Twitter and he's responded. Where there's, uh, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. And the fact that this crazy smoke just won't go away, it, it, it seems to just be hanging around Boston like uh, basically a yellow cloud of gas on Causeway Street. Like, they just can't seem to get rid of it. Well, I, I think it's a possibility. It's still a possibility that he's coming back. And I feel like the team is definitely going to try and address their need at center because I, as we were talking about this off the air earlier, Ben, the rumor mill is also spitting out that the Bruins are interested in Nassim Kadri at an 8 to $10 million a year clip like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there i'm all for it though i love this time of year nazem kadri in a boston bruins uniform for that kind of money maybe that would certainly help what is he a winger or a center i forget i think he's a winger he's right a center. He's a center. oh he is a center oh yeah well there you go i mean oh boy and uh, he's surprised. he doesn't come back i would not be surprised if they at least sniffed on him now at that number though in a hard cap league in their situation i don't know I, that might be tough You'd have to clear some more room, I would think. A lot of room. Um, another low, couple low-cost options I saw um, being linked to by the Bruins is uh, Colin White, uh, also Matthias Yanmark as well. So it'll be those are much lower-cost options. So it, it all depends on what they want to do, but they'd have to maneuver a lot to get in on Kadri. Maybe they're just driving the price up. You never know. You never know. Beacon, what do you feel about the current pace with uh, management at the moment? I mean, is, are Neely and Sweeney still in that spotlight right now, or how long do you think that heat's going to hold? Merrill, it's been a wild time, and there's definitely a lot around the rumor mill, but uh, at this point, it's tough to tell where we're going. Lots of other things happening around the league. We'll get to that a little bit later, but talking about the salary cap right now, Bruins got some operating room. Uh, it's tough to tell where they're going to go, obviously, but following down on a couple of four uh, a goaltender and i believe it's uh, kaiser uh you know they added them as death pieces wolf. wolf yeah he's a yeah, goaltender Nick wolf was sure. also signed they added uh, they added some depth uh, depth pieces obviously those guys are players that are more or less break glass in case of uh emergency so you know like we were alluding to with uh nazim kadri i feel like the bruins you know, you never say never with these things, but they would have to do a lot of cap gymnastics. I mean, they, they would have to move. They would have to buy out a couple players or at least Felino, probably move out a guy like Craig Smith, um, certainly tr trade Jake DeBrusque and um, maybe another piece, Mike Riley or something, of the, some player of that nature to even get in on those sweepstakes. Um but they're going to have to sort of do something. I also saw there's a lot of rumors going around. I saw that they might try and get back into the first round. Although from my perspective, I feel like next year's draft is you have much more of a, a certainty in terms of talent, in terms of these players coming up. And a lot of the players that are on the available uh, draft docket this year have been victims of uh, the COVID freeze. So they kind of haven't gotten a full evaluation uh, window in terms of their junior career. So you've got a lot of uncertainty. I feel like after the, after the first three or four picks, uh, you know, five through 30 or just throw them in a blender. Uh, there's really not a consensus. And there's really, from what I've read and, and listened to, there's really not a whole lot of hoopla with this draft. It feels almost more or less like there's more, uh, of a fervor of what deals could be made uh, via trade and, um, you know, goalies being signed and, and, and that sort of carousel and free agents than the actual draft itself. Is Sweeney and Neely still under the microscope uh, as of right now, or has the has it kind of calmed down a little bit from where it was uh, a few weeks ago? I think they're still somewhat under the mic uh, microscope. Uh, they're going to be doing their 
um, their media availability up in Montreal where the NHL draft is taking place for the first time in a few weeks. Well, they're going to be speaking on Wednesday the 6th. So that, they're definitely feeling the pressure, I would think. But uh, I would, as long as uh, things go to plan, especially with Montgomery to start, and let's say they look pretty well out of the gate, uh, I could see that lightening up for a little bit. And on the coach's behalf, too, the people of Dallas, whom uh, he was the bench boss for a while down there, they all said the same thing on their social media feeds. I got a chance to look at some of them. And glowing reports, nothing but good things about the guy. Uh, winning record wherever he's been. Um, I mean, obviously, off-ice stuff is off-ice stuff. It is what it is. And he's back. He's ready to roll. And there you go. That's all we could ask of anybody in this position to step in and start anew for the black and gold. Yes, I, th- I think his on-ice record is great, um, and especially defensively. I think on the ice, he is definitely a qualified coach. Um, you just got to hope he uh, just ha- keeps it all together. And I think he, he's shown the ability in the last few years with uh, St. Louis I think this was a good hire by the Bruins that basically uh, took a stretch here, uh, took a risk. But if it pans out, he addresses most of their needs uh, from the special teams unit defensively. Uh, and then you just got to add the right ancillary pieces and this team can still compete. I don't think they're going to be a cup contender, but if all pans out and his coaching style works, I could definitely see them winning around or two. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it all. I just don't think of... they have the horses to win a cup. No, it all. I mean, it, it all really, I mean, I, I feel like every year we're kind of in the same spot where they, they don't, you know, they don't quite have enough coming up through the ranks as far as player development. They, they've got some players now. It's not as barren as, as it was a couple of years ago, but they, um, they just, they, I feel like they put so much stock into free agency and they need to fill so many gaps. You know, they need a couple of defensemen. They need a second line center. They probably need another wing score and it's, um, yeah, it's just a lot to try and it's a lot of, to try and knock down in one uh, in one complete off season. I mean, Craig Smith has kind of been up and down. I mean, a lot of their a lot of their middle six in depth guys have been up and down, or they've been just down. Period. Um, so I, I'm really interested though to see how these young players uh, coming up are going to react to playing with Jim Montgomery. Because I mean, just from what I see. There's not a lot of talent there, but like I said, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. True that. And let's, uh, Beacon, your opinion on uh, the possibility of other centers here. I mean, free agent list is wide. NBC Sports Boston, it looks like actually uh, seeing this online. They're saying that Vincent Trocek, another individual the Bruins may target. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that name either. And that's the one that I've seen popping up the most. Um, obviously, Bruins fans probably want Krejci back. I think that's just a uh, very short stopgap fix, however. You probably get him back for a year or two, and then you're back to the same spot. You could look at a guy like Kadri, who's going to cost you pretty a pretty penny, however, and essentially he'd probably be your second-line center with Bergeron coming back. Um, so maybe a guy like Trocek, a couple million bucks, he fits in in that slot pretty uh, simply and seamlessly, and it all works out. Um, I don't know. I could see that working out. It's definitely not going to be the same price tag as a guy like Kadri, that's for sure. I feel like Trocek could be a nice fit on their uh, on their second as their second line center. Um, would probably come in probably around five million, not as expensive as Kadri. Obviously, he'd be he'd be looking at probably I would have guessed a minimum of three year deal uh, or more, maybe a five year deal. Um, and as far as Krejci goes, you know I've always respected and liked David Krejci's game. I just wonder with a year out of the league and 36, 37 years old, playing in only you know forty or fifty games of the Czech League against you know probably less than AHL even competition, him coming right back into this division, um, it might be difficult for him uh, durability wise and just speed wise. I mean, if we're talking, it's a speed league now. Um, you know, he wasn't that fleet of foot to begin with. Um, I'd have some concerns about him. I mean, uh, even as you look at what to do here, uh, again, per NBC Sports Boston, um, the Bruins only have $2.38 million to work with here in salary cap, and that's per cap friendly. Uh, they're also officially re-signing Berge, of course. We know that. And it's only a one-year deal, though. Well, it may or may not. They haven't officiated, obviously. But that's what they're reporting it to be. Beacon, final thoughts before you got a split? Well, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks 
for the Bruins here. How are they going to address the draft? Are they going to try and make any moves? As uh, uh, Merrill mentioned, are they going to try and move into that first round? We'll see. Uh, we all are watching the co uh, coaching search and how it finally panned out. Um, I think they got a good candidate here. Uh, and if all pans out, they should do pretty well and compete for the most part this year. Now, will they go get that uh, elusive center that we've all been discussing? Let's find out. I kind of want to see what Sweeney and uh, – Cam Neely do here as they look to respond. They have to do something, Beacon. It, it's, it's either someone's going out or someone's getting bought out, and maybe both. So we'll see what happens. We will see. I'm expecting them to start making a flurry of moves soon, hopefully. Exactly. We will see. All right. In the meantime, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Beacon. Appreciate it. As always, man, you be Later. safe out there. And of course, Beacon63, two ends on that on Twitter. There he goes. Beacon, appreciate you, bud. Thanks, man. Thanks, All man. right. Merrill, we jump right back into it. Don't miss a beat. We had a trade already happen here. Ryan McDonough from the Tampa Bay Lightning dealt to the Predators for not a whole heck of a lot. I mean, not exactly the impact player that McDonough is in return. What's up with that? Well, that's a salary cap move. Um, the, the Lightning had to get out ahead of this, and they made a very difficult decision. Um, and, and it was an emotional decision on both ends. Uh, McDonough is very, very well respected in that room in Tampa. Um, he got flipped for a couple of prospects. Um, one player they're trying to, you know, they're, they're buying low on. I believe he's a defenseman. His name escapes me right now, to be honest with you. Um, but in terms of Tampa, um, you know, they, they have players they need to sign, Andre Palat, and chief among them. Um, they also want to try and lock up Chernak at uh, Sergachev to longer-term deals. And, um, you know, I had heard that the Columbus Blue Jackets push really hard for McDonough. We're trying to sell him on coming there and kind of being the uh, linchpin of a, of a push towards, uh, you know, building towards a postseason uh, run perhaps. But um, I, I think in all total, I think he, he had his heart set on Nashville um, in terms of the teams that were uh, available to him to go to. And, um, you know, it, it, I'm not surprised either he went to Nashville just for the simple fact that uh, there's also no state tax in Tennessee either. So that that plays a lot more of a factor than I think pe people realize um, that that players – um, and that's why I, I, one of the reasons why Tampa is able to hold on to so many players and sign players for team friendly deals because they don't have to pay uh, income tax. You never know. That's one of those things the league's going to have to look at at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I think I, <laughs> I have to turn this into a political show. I, I think it's something the uh, the uh, municipalities need to look at. But, that's uh, right. We'll save that for another day. Towns rights. <laughs> oh Lord. I, I think uh it's you know the peanut I think, gallery yeah the the salary uh the salary issue though i think there's another issue too um is the simple fact that you're seeing a lot of these moves being made because the salary cap isn't going up um and i have a theory on that when it relates to david posternock um i mean if because i you hear people up in canada you know overdrive that show they're they are talking about Austin Matthews being a free agent in a few years um, or coming up in the next couple of years. And I just think of Pasternak, why would he sign a long, if he's really out to get every single last penny, which I'm not totally convinced he is, but I mean, you got to think there's going to be some players who are going to look at it like this. Let me sign a short-term deal for a couple of years until the COVID kind of money breaks through and, the money, the revenues start flowing in again and then hit the market. And maybe I can, you know, they can get 12, 13, $14 million instead of, you know, nine, eight, nine, you know, nine and a half that's being predicted. I mean, if that were me, that's what I would do. I would bet on myself, especially with Pasternak being 25 years old. I take a two year deal at 9 million or a three year deal at 9 million. And then when I'm 27, 28 years old, um, become a free agent and get, you know, 13, 14, 15 million. Cause there's only so many guys in the, in the world who can score 40 or 50 goals in a season in the NHL level. So it's true. It's a pretty rare talent, of course. Yeah, absolutely. At least, you know, that the, 
you you look at conversely like a guy like like Jake DeBrusque. Um, he's a guy who you know Bruce Cassidy said you know when he's not scoring, what does he give you? Because yeah, he'll go on a run and score ten and fifteen games. He'll also go in the tank and score two and twenty five. And that's when you need to be doing things other than just scoring, you know, back checking, blocking shots, being hard on the puck, getting in on the four check, back checking. Um, and he's he doesn't do enough of those things to justify just being a goal scorer. Like people say, well, what does Pasenak do? All he does is score. Well, yeah, David Pasenak scores 40 to 50 a year. That's a hell of a lot different than uh, Jake DeBrus scoring 25 and well, that's nothing to sneeze at. It's not, uh, you know, it's not elite level production. Um, so it's going to be something else. And who knows? Uh, maybe like we were talking about earlier, DeBrusk maybe picks it up based on that. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, who who knows? I I would have thought that maybe a team like LA would have called on DeBrusk, but they ended up getting a better player um, in Kevin Fiala from Minnesota. That was uh, that was a interesting trade i knew fiala was going to be on the move if you if you uh if our loyal listeners were listening uh i called that kevin fiala was going to be on the move and um yeah he he was not available for cheap though he went for a first round pick uh or a first a former first round pick and actually you know what i think he did go for a first round pick and another uh, highly rated prospect uh brock favor so uh yeah it's uh moves are already being made. It's our, we're already getting into the, uh, the, the craziest time of year. Speaking of craziest times of year, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. Um, out of, of course, uh, three CBS Philly seeing this online. Once again, uh, let's talk about the prospect Ivan Fedotov, who is reportedly picked up by the military for uh, calling himself. Uh, they said he was dodging service. Uh, it really last week, it all just kind of fell apart for the fella. And he was picked up by law enforcement last week ahead of a planned move to the U S now at a remote military base in Northern Russia, his agent says he's out there and that's not good. Uh, the associated press got this comment out of him speculation about his well being, of course, uh, in question and the situation raised fresh concerns, whether Russian players willing to uh, join the NHL and the draft are going to find themselves in this situation. Pretty scary times here, Merrill. Pretty scary times indeed. Um, it's a different world out there uh, now um, for Russian players. Um, and it's kind of a little different because when you look at, um, when you look at the Alexander Semen situation, because this is sort of akin to that situation, Semen um, played one year, with the Washington Capitals in 0304. And then there was a, uh, I believe a military um, paper issue where when the lockout happened and he was go- went back to Russia to play and the lockout then ended, they did not let him go back to the NHL right away. They said, uh, you know, hey, you need to fulfill your military obligation. And it was, it was all basically at that point in time, and this was like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, this was just a, a posturing dance more or less um, with the, with uh, the Russian Federation and the NHL. Now, obviously the world being a little different, we're actually, uh, Russia is actually at war. Um, seems to be a little more nefarious. Um, and, and the only reason why I say that as well is because Alexander Semen, I think was still legitimately short of his military service being fulfilled because all Russian citizens, all male Russian citizens, I believe, have have uh, to be conscripted for two years. I, I, I might be comp- wrong on that to some degree, but I believe it's at least two years, maybe three. And Alexander Semen was a young kid at that time. I think he was only like 22 years old. This guy, Fedotov, is uh, in his mid-20s, um, so a little older, and um, it just sets a bad precedent where it's almost like we're going back into the Soviet Cold War era where it's like players are afraid to come over and players who really do want to come over, they have to be like smuggled. Like if you want to see a wild story, watch the 30 for 30 for Alexander McGilney. That is a crazy, absolutely crazy story. It really but, is. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's it's getting to be that, that kind of way. Um, 
And I feel bad for the Russian players because, you know, they, they didn't ask for this. Um, and they might, um, they might, you know, guys might not be able to play in the NHL. Play in uh, the NHL. They may not be free men anymore. They might be in uniform now. And that's it. I mean, well, there's exactly. actually conflicting reports about where Fedotov even ended up. Some places are reporting that he's already ended up at a naval military base up off the coast somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Other people are saying he's been uh, stricken and is a, in a, um, a medical unit for a stress-induced gastritis, again being reported by 3cbsphilly.com, seeing that online. Uh, it doesn't sound good for him personally at any rate. And you're right. No, it's a very sad situation. The, and The precedent know, is not on a good. slightly related note, uh, the Stanley Cup uh, was announced when the Stanley Cup was awarded that the Stanley Cup could not go to Russia. That's as that's a stipulation that it would uh, that the NHL would not allow the Cup to go to Russia. So, sorry, Valerie Nachushkin. Um, I'm not sure he would want to go to Russia anyways. Right now, I, I I saw a report that a lot of the Russian players are not uh, returning home uh, this time around. A lot of them are electing to stay uh, stateside and. Um, use their off season to train. Not that they wouldn't, anyways, but they're they're staying over here. So it's it's a it's a scary time. Not not good. And obviously not Bruins related, but humanity related, and we got to talk about those kinds of things. It's too real not to. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned that the Bruins. You know, we talked about this draft, and I don't see the Bruins. I mean, they'll they'll probably um, make some calls, some teams, obviously, to see what it would take to move up to get into the first round. I just don't th- – unless they identify somebody, and I could be wrong. I mean, they obviously, they're going to be looking at players all over the place, and they've got a list of players who they've zeroed in on. Um, but if they, if they identify a talent that they maybe are really in love with and they can move up to get, maybe they go grab him. But um, – it seems to me, Ben, that it, this is one of these drafts that you can kind of sit back and you can get the same player at 32, 35 that you would maybe at 20, 25. Not every draft is like that. In fact, it's usually the outlier. But I feel like that this is kind of the consensus of the draft. And also the other thing, like I said earlier, is that they really didn't get a true evaluation of a lot of these young prospects because they lost a whole season due to the pandemic, or at least most of them did. So it's, uh, I feel bad. Some of the players are going to obviously be penalized and maybe be hurt by this uh, in terms of their draft stock. But, um, you know, it's definitely sort of a, a, a wild time in terms of you could see a lot of deals being made teams moving up and down the board, um, but you also could see teams maybe holding the bag like the Bruins did, uh, well, in 2015, lo and behold, 2015 was a very talented draft, but you look at teams that have multiple picks like Anaheim, um, they might be stuck holding the bag if they can't move them, move those picks. So that would be not good, not good, but what can Unless you do? they have players that they really identify and, uh, and, and really are in love with. I mean, this might be one of those drafts where you just look at players and maybe you take um, you take a flyer on guys who maybe are you know bigger skilled, or maybe you know you, you go heavy on uh, you know European talent and just uh, you know stash them, have them play in you know the Finnish league or the Swedish elite league for a couple of years and really let them season. And then maybe when they're 22, 23, maybe they come over and you have something, you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. That'd be great. Um, Bertuzzi was another player the Bruins were looking at and uh, out of Detroit. That might be an interesting pick. Again, another high-impact, fast-puck-moving guy. And uh, that's what the Bruins need. Guys that are going to get the job done here. Yeah, you know, Bertuzzi is an interesting one. Um, he plays with an edge. Um, had a breakout season this year, 30 goals. Um, he's a player, you know, he's still young, 27 years old. Um, there was an issue again, not to turn this into, you know, the vaccination story. I believe he was one of the only players in the league that was actually still unvaccinated. Um, so that I believe impacted his games play just for the simple fact that he couldn't, uh, 
play in, in the Canadian markets, but um, yeah, he's definitely an intriguing prospect and he's a player that, you know, the, the Bruins can perhaps zero in on. I, I don't know what his actual um, contract number would be or, or what he's looking for. He's one of those kind of, let's say lower key free agents, but he hasn't exactly been talked about. Uh, he was at 4.7 this year. So um, maybe actually he's a free agent going into next year. I should let me back that up. So he's still under contract for one more year and maybe at the right price, you know, he's a guy that can be had. I'm not sure what the Bruins can give up. Cause I would, I would think that Detroit would be looking for uh, prospects or draft picks and the Bruins don't have a, a plethora of either, to be honest with you. Um, they have, obviously they have Lysel and they have Lori and they have Harrison. You don't want to trade right. those guys. They're too young I don't, and too, too yeah, primed you, you to be stars. You can't those, do that. You only include those guys if you're going to get um, a major, a major impact player. Like I, I mean, I just throw a name out. Um, you know, in the Western Conference, um, you know, you you wouldn't you wouldn't trade like if you were going to get like a. a um, a Clayton Keller or something or, or, or player like that. Maybe even, you know, a high, I'm just trying to think of maybe a guy who could be available, like a Johnny Goudreau. If he was, if you were trading his rights, like a guy like that, maybe, you know, but in terms of the Bruins, I mean, that could be a trade that maybe if it's the right asking price, but here's the only, here's the only kind of flying the ointment to that Ben is um, it's an in division rival uh, Detroit, I think is fashioning themselves as being on the, on the come here a little bit. And another team, that's another team that I wouldn't be surprised would be in on Nazem Kadri. That would be an interesting fit uh, with him going to, uh, with him going to Detroit. I, I think Detroit is going to, is going to push the envelope this year. And, um, and they're going to have, they have money to spend. They have 35 million in cap space. So they're gonna they're gonna take a swing at, at at one of these guys. Well, I just hope that they swing at someone that's actually worth swinging at. Not to say that anyone hasn't been worth their weight quite yet. I mean, we we were dumping Kenny on Malcolm, Forbert when they brought him in, but look at look at what Forbert was able to do. He actually battled one of the hardest in the playoffs, you know. And it's like, wow, this guy actually has got some grit to him. We we misjudged this guy. Yeah, he he was a bit. Uh... You know, he was kind of typecast, but he definitely showed out and played great in the postseason and was really one of our better defensemen. I was just going to say, um, Evgeny Malkin's a guy that I read is not close with um, the in contract talks with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You guys, you know, our listeners know uh, the Fenway Sports Group it now owns the Pittsburgh Penguins. And while they seem to close to consummating a deal for Chris Letang, uh, don't be surprised if uh, Evgeny Malkin is uh, going to be testing the free agent waters uh, out of necessity. Um, I mean, that's an interesting one to me. Um, like, I'll just pose this question to you, Ben. If you have a chance to sign David Krejci, or you and you have, or you have a chance to sign Evgeny Malkin, the numbers are exactly the same as far Ooh. as the contract number. Who do you take? Ooh, tough call. He only played 41 games this year. He had 42 points in 41 games. But if Evgeny Malkin says, did you just say he had 42 points in 41 games? 42 points in 41 games. So he's still over a point a game. Wow. Wow. You know, I love Krejci and all, but that is a tough call. Uh, When it comes right down to it, I think I'd take my go with Krejci. Honestly, see, really, if 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 it all see the only reason why I would say, well, I mean, here's the thing: I, I the wouldn't, my, I wouldn't hate it if it happened. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, if it's I'd, a two-year deal for Malkin and the medicals check out, I, I if know, the medicals truly check out, I mean, that is like a force. That is a force right there. You would be foolish not to consider that. Certainly, he had six points in seven games in the playoffs. I know people hear Malkin and they. And they think, you know, sort of an enigma. But, I mean, if you're truly making one last run, I mean, here's the other thing, too. You're bringing back Krejci. You, you know, you've already got Bergeron at 37 years old. If it's if it's Malkin or or Krejci, I mean, 
I don't know. Malkin at least played in the NHL last year. And I think that counts for something. He played in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I would, I would definitely think long and hard about Malkin. If, if everything, yeah. if everything sort of checked out, um, and looking at some of the other players, I mean, Claude Giroux, I don't think Claude, I mean, uh, Claude Giroux, I don't think has any interest in coming to Boston. Um, he feels like to me, he's, he's another guy that you could, you could might, um, he'll be back up. You might see end up at a place like Detroit or, um, I mean, I keep hearing Ottawa with Claude Giroux, Ben, but the thing is, is like, they're not in a position to, uh, to compete right now i know pierre dorian said that the rebuild is over but uh or the rebuild is done but um that's not a that's not a place as we as we've kind of heard um it's not a rebuilt team buddy <laughs> it's kind of a place we guys don't want to be according to uh, someone we'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah people places things stuff with things you know what i mean yeah i do i will say this one other thing to keep um to keep a lookout for is there's going to be a lot of uh, potential goalie movement this year. You got to see what Marc-Andre Fleury does. You got to see what Darcy Kemper does. Um, I heard, you know, Semyon Varlamov's a guy that could be available. Again, this isn't for the Bruins. This is just overall. Um, That's what makes it we, fun, though, Merrill. It's off season. We can talk about fun, all the possibilities. Our favorite friends that we love to punt and make punching bags of, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have no goalie right now, and they're not close. Uh, with Jack Campbell, I think Jack Campbell is going to be uh, going to greener pastures, uh, maybe new, the New Jersey Devils, maybe with uh, Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau might be going to Jersey, might be going to Philly. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going to be kicked off. I mean, here's one other one. I think I mentioned it last episode, but I said Kadri to the Red Wings. Another one with Backstrom going on probably injured reserve. Kadri to the Washington Capitals. That that's a fit I can also potentially see. Um, Edmonton too. I mean, there's a Edmonton's looking for a goalie and another possible center. So, I mean, there's a we're gonna see. It's gonna be moving fast and furious, Ben. I just want to comment real quick on. I don't really truly care where Nazem Kadri ends up. I just love to see the reaction of his first time back in Maple Leafs, and I want to hear the reaction from the crowd. Because he literally won the Stanley oh, yeah, Cup and told everyone to kiss his ass. And that was like, wow, bravo. Well done, buddy. You know, well done. Yeah, he absolutely. Li- Take literally just um, stuck it to the entire Maple Leafs nation. Yeah, well, I mean, that was definitely... Um, As a Bruins fan, I respect that. That Oh, that yeah, but that, that was definitely for um, Kyle Dubas and, and Brendan Shanahan, for sure um there was no love lost there and I, I feel like i always go back to when they, they signed Tavares and they still had Kadri for that one year um they would have i telling you they would have been better served to not sign Tavares and wait that extra year and sign alex petrangelo how, how much better and more formidable not that i give a shit about the toronto maple Leafs, but how much better would they look if they had Alex Petrangelo as as uh, opposed to some of the flounder they have on their defense? I mean, that's a that's a re, that that would be a real formidable team to play against. True that, and, and, and we're and talking just, we're talking about this, folks, again because we're Boston Bruins fans, and we love to talk about the pain and anguish of our enemies and rivals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, y'all. I mean, we, we've been going through some pain ourselves uh, with the Boston Bruins. Um, one guy who I, who I would love the Bruins to be in on, but I know it would probably cost them Fabian Lysel. Um, that's been in trade talks with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, but Alex DeBrinket of the Chicago Blackhawks has, oh, uh, man. Put has, him been, with discussed, pasta. has been discussed in, uh, in trade talks. Um, the main reason is I don't, the, the Blackhawks don't believe they could sign him long-term. He's got two years left on his deal. Um, obviously is going to command a boatload, um, on the open market. I mean, he's probably, uh, you know, a David Pasternak light, but I mean, I would, that that's another guy that I would, I would love to see. He's got one more year at 6.4. I think if he has another 40 goal season, 40, 50 goal season, 
I mean, he's you're probably looking at ten million for him. Oh, easy, and he's so talented. I mean, I remember seeing him back in the day when he was still just a uh, a young player coming up. I've seen him in a practice war uh, a warm up, and man, the hands on that kid, unbelievable, and he's just so nimble. He's only gotten better as he's getting closer to that prime age, you know. He had a hundred points every single season of his junior career, every single year, 104, 101, 127. Goes to the Blackhawks, first year out of the box, 28 goals. Next year, 41. Had a bit of a down year in 20. Who didn't have a down year in 2020, though, right? Comes back after 2020, 32 goals, and then 41 this past year on a dog food Chicago Blackhawks team with no morale, playing in front of three fans. Um, you know, that's a guy that that I think they're looking for a haul for. And um you know, I would I would love to see him on the Bruins. I don't think the Bruins have the firepower maybe to get that deal done. And if they wanted to, I think you're talking about Fabian Lysel. But I mean, if you if you knew you could get him signed long term and he's only 24 years old, I would definitely think about it. But again, you, you would have to back channel that conversation and and say, hey, I definitely want to sign there. Um and, uh, you know, that also says, what are you going to do with that money that was allocated to David Pasternak? I mean, how do you how do you make all that money work? So it's definitely something to think about. I mean, he's I think he's he's, you know, 50 50 and being on the move. I'm not saying he definitely gets dealt, but I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire with a lot of these moves. And these, they, it's been reported over the past week now that he's been there's been some serious trade talks involving him. So. That's true. And you know what? Hey, if a deal can be done, let's explore it. That's what I say. We've covered a lot of bases. It's um, outside of the Jake DeBrusque trade rescinding or <laughs> rescindation, if you would say, um, in the coaching um, in the coaching hire of Jim Montgomery. There hasn't been a whole hell of a lot of Bruins news yet. I mean, I, I think any day now you're going to hear a bunch of moves being made um again i just the more i thought about it with the bruins and the in the bruins not going with david quinn who by the way is a favorite now to get the san jose sharks job because mike greer uh just got hired oh yes we got to talk the, uh, about that congratulations sharks gm i just want to say I, I met him a couple times just in passing um when we, we were going to take the ice uh from my men's league uh, his uh terriers team at uh, the Canton uh, Sportsplex was coming off the ice and say, you know, much like Mike Motto, who I also ran into there at the Sportsplex, couldn't have been a nicer guy, like just real salt of the earth guy. And um, a local, great to a, see. Local, local guy kid, too, yeah. yeah. He's playing for a Seb, St. Sebastian's, of course, and then went over to Boston University before getting picked up in the draft by the Blues and then off to Edmonton, stops in Washington, Buffalo, and of course – San Jose, where he'll now yep. reign over as the general manager and the first black general manager in NHL history. A hundred plus years of history, Merrill, and this is a first. And now we're also seeing a coach named in the AHL, one of the first female to actually run a bench. She's the, she's the head coach. Uh, yeah, I think it's crazy. I, I, her name escapes me right off the top of my head here, but I read about that and I said, wow, it really is a new era in hockey, Merrill, and there's going to be a lot. Of course, we've spoken with Katie Gay before, being a first female official to be anywhere near any kind of thing like that. I mean, breaking all kinds of barriers in the process. It's crazy times, and I love it. I love every second of it. Well, it's good. It's good times. It's um, you know, you're seeing the best candidates get the jobs, regardless of you know um, anything else. Yeah, regardless of anything else, or you know, in in here's the thing about Mike Greer. He he played a thousand NHL games. He was an assistant with the uh, Devils for a couple seasons. Um, he worked in uh, player personnel department. Player personnel is actually in his in his family. I believe it's his brother or his cousin. I think it's his brother. Is actually the GM of the Miami Dolphins, and his father uh, was a director of pro, pro player personnel. Say that three times fast of pro the uh, New England Patriots back in the day, uh, back in the late '90s. So it's definitely. It's definitely in his blood. And, um, you know, I, I feel bad on one hand um, as in a related note. So they were going to hire a new GM, San Jose. And one of the casualties recently was uh, Bob Bugner, 
the coach of the uh, San Jose Sharks was let go. Um, that happened late last week. Um, kind of irritated some people around the league. I had seen because um, it was late in the hiring game. A lot of a lot of the coaching candidates had already been locked up. Uh, Rick Bonus went to Winnipeg, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. I did but, see that. Um, yeah. I can understand it because listen, if you're gonna hire, if you're gonna hire a new GM, he's gonna want to bring in his own head coach. And that was my part of my thinking with the uh, the Boston Bruins was that if you're going to, you know, I was like totally, you know, 100% like you got to bring back Cassidy. No, but I was in the camp. You either bring everybody back or you fire everybody and start fresh, which they didn't do. Um, we'll see how it goes with Jim Montgomery. I'm cautiously optimistic um, that he'll be a good coach. But getting back to Mike Greer, like I said, uh, congratulations to him and um yeah, you know, he's uh, they're in a bit of a retool right now. The Sharks are so uh, he's got a he's got his hands full, but I'm sure he's going to meet it head on. So uh, exciting times overall in in the league. Um, now we just need to get the revenues back up. Got to get out of this COVID COVID malaise. I do want to correct myself too, and I just looked this up here. This is now courtesy of NBCLosAngeles.com. Uh, Firebirds hired Jessica Campbell, and she is the first female assistant coach in AHL history. And that is awesome. Uh, by City News Service, published right on this website here. That's impressive. That's what we were talking about. Uh, crazy. Firebirds That's also crazy. hired. That's awesome. They also hired Dan Balsma as their head coach last month. So they'll be working together. And Campbell is a coach for the 2022 Ranger Development Camp taking place this uh, summer. So that's pretty cool. I mean, again, uh, you're seeing the right candidates, the right people for the job, finally getting it over the nepotism and the favorites. Well, Haley Wickenheiser also Dr. is... Dr. Um, Haley Wickenheiser, by sorry, the way. Dr. Haley Wickenheiser. You earned that, brother. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, the assistant GM and uh, player development uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely an exciting time in the game. I mean, it's... Um, it's changing in more ways than one. And I, I think it's changing for the better. So uh, it'll be, uh, it's going to be an interesting off season though, getting back into it to see what the Bruins do. Um, they're going to have to do, they're going to have to do something. I know that's the uh, not exactly hard hitting analysis, but they're going to have to do something simply just to fit Patrice Bergeron's contract. You know, unless he takes a million uh, truly takes just a, the, the veteran minimum. They're going to have to make some moves. Um, and I, like I said, I've already laid out to you in the past podcast, my sort of plan um, to kind of get this team back to square, or at least give themselves a chance to uh, make some signings in the salary cap, or at least augment their roster. Um, I still think there's a decent chance Jake DeBrus gets moved. Um if and for nothing else, like I said, who else is going to go off the roster? I mean, they could trade Mike Riley. That's three million. You buy out Nick Felino. That's another million and a half. That still only gives you what four four and a half million, according to my Common Core math. And um, I don't know what else you can move if you're not going to move Debrus Debrus four million. Maybe I'm not sure a team at 32 years old, even if he's got a year left, is going to take uh, Craig Smith. I could be wrong, but. You know, he's a guy who's who's also trying to prove himself and have a, a bounce back year. So it's going to be interesting, Ben. It, it's going to as, as the as the immortal as the immortal Adam Clancy would say, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> that is his catchphrase, <laughs> isn't it? I love it. <laughs> That's his phrase. He's going to it's Adam. It's going to be interesting. Clancy. That's, <laughs> That's a great nickname. <laughs> It's not the same. It's not the same pod without him. I'm trying to. I'm trying to, you know, carry the energy here. You're and, doing uh, just fine, buddy. We're gonna wrap it up in a second anyway. So your final thoughts here as we uh, coast through another one. And uh, when I mean coast, I mean full sail, folks. We just right through this one, right? Seriously, your final thoughts. So I mean, we've gone over it already with the uh, possibilities of the draft, the player signings, the possibilities. We're going to find out in the coming days, and it's going to be really cool one way or the other. I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the Bruins, and I don't really care what happens. Whatever it is is going to work out best for us, 
the fans, because we are guaranteed a top quality sport to watch. And that's all I really care about, Merrill, to be honest with you. Uh, as you know, I don't really watch too much else, uh, even when there's no hockey to watch. Here we are, definitely still talking about else, hockey. Let me tell you. Literally, yeah. still talking you hockey. Definitely watch nothing else. Nothing. Anyway. <laughs> all right, brother. Anything else you want to cover in this one? Um. No, you know, nothing really. The, the, I mean, the goalie, the goalie uh, merry-go-round is going to be something to watch. Um, it's going to be something to watch some of these other players that, um, that uh, potentially uh, could be on the move. Um, you know, that you hear scuttlebutt about guys like Josh Anderson, JT Miller. Um, and it's all going to, it, it's all going to, I think, uh, just explode. You know, you get free agency coming up on the 13th. That'll be in, uh, mid next week. And the draft is coming up on uh, a mere few days. So I think there's a lot of um, moves that are going to alter the landscape in the NHL. I feel like I, I feel like every off season, it kind of gets uh, overhyped a little bit, but I think this is going to, this season is going to definitely uh, this off season, I should say definitely is going to disappoint. No doubt. All right, folks. Well, on that happy note, that's going to do it for this episode of Causeway Kings. Again, appreciate everybody tuning in and listening and also listening to the greatest hits of all time on 1510 AM Quincy, Boston, and streaming online at WMEXBoston.com. Merrill. Sounds good. Yep. Have a wonderful night, buddy. I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July, by the way. I did. I had a wonderful 4th of July laying by the pool and uh, doing a whole lot of nothing. And that whole lot of nothing by the poolside brought to you by our friends and veterans of the United States military, of whom we tip our cap and salute while we remember. On that happy note, remember, second Thursday of every month, folks, free food veterans drive through 130 Enterprise Drive in Marshfield. Starts at noontime, 12 o'clock, goes till about 1 o'clock. It's a real quick process. Come on down with an empty car, and we're going to fill it up with all kinds of awesome groceries and food. And, Merrill, do you want to know how much it costs everybody to come do this? I believe it doesn't cost you anything, right? Not one damn penny. It's all free. If if, If you're not a veteran, you just need some food, Come on down. We literally have a couple of trailers with roughly five to 7,000 pounds of food on the second Thursday of every month. So come on down, one and all. And even if you don't, you know, even if you just know some people that can get it and you happen to have a car and some time that day, come on down, grab it for them. The only question they're going to ask you is, are there veterans in the household? If so, how many? Are there cats and dogs in the household? If so, how many? That's it. Those are the only yeah. questions because they have pet food uh, donated from the South Shore Pet Food Pantry, literally to give to people so that no bowl is ever empty ever again. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do too. You know, not to get off on a tangent, but it, it's it's just really sad times that we live in, unfortunately. A lot of people are struggling to make ends meet. Uh, you know, the prices of everything are, are going up and the paychecks really aren't. So, um, you know, appreciate our veterans and, and glad that uh, you guys are able to, to give back and, and to help them out for sure. Anybody, that's right. Friends of friends, our friends have been. And Merrill and the Causeway Kings. That's awesome. All right, buddy, you have a great night. And folks, thanks again for joining us. Don't forget to check out the website, wmexboston.com, and have yourself a great night. Merrill, let's do it together this time. Ready? Let's Let's go, go bees. bees. There it is. Good night, everybody.